Welcome to Floodlight Software's NDE 4.0 podcast, where we interview various experts in industry 4.0 concepts, issues, and technologies for non-destructive testing and inspections. This show is the place to go to learn about the biggest challenges and opportunities around NDE 4.0 from some of the smartest people in the industry. So sit back and be prepared for a really thought-provoking discussion. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Floodlight's NDE 4.0 podcast, where we pose five questions to a variety of NDE 4.0 experts and explore the benefits and challenges in this emerging field. Today, we are joined by Leonard Schulenberg, who is an expert in bringing new technologies to the NDT industry in an effort to create safer and more effective inspection systems. Leonard Schulenberg is general manager of Visit Consults X-ray Systems and Solutions, which is headquartered in Germany. With over 135 employees globally, the company develops and manufactures high-end X-ray inspection systems for NDT. This includes high-precision CT systems, robotic solutions, inline systems, ADR software, and much more. Leonard studied computational informatics and graduated through an international MBA program. As a regular speaker at conferences, he is considered an expert in the field of digitalization and automation of NDT processes. In today's discussion, we are going to talk about the most impactful technologies to this industry, automation, robotics, and AI. And I'm super excited to have you with us today, Leonard. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for this kind introduction. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Um, So the format of this podcast is that I will pose five questions to Leonard designed to dig into some of the most meaningful and interesting aspects of NDE 4.0. Our podcast was developed to help educate and expand conversations around the possibilities, challenges, impacts, and opportunities surrounding NDE 4.0. I'm particularly excited about today's discussion because I know Leonard is a great visionary in the field. So let's jump right in. I'd like to start with a question to sort of set the stage for our audience, Leonard. Can you tell us a little bit about your company, Visi Consult, and what your role is specifically at the company? Sure. So our company, as you've said in the introduction, we are headquartered in Germany. And our main focus is to build, develop, and install cutting-edge X-ray inspection systems for non-destructive testing. So this could be ranging from... Um, manual inspection systems that you take in the field. It could be computation, um, computer tomography systems for doing volumetric three-dimensional inspections or more closer to the industry 4.0 movement, completely inline integrated automated solutions. So our, our company started in 1996. It was founded by my father back in those days. And our main focus in the beginning has been being a software supplier. So we developed and supplied um, OEM solutions, uh, so image acquisition, image processing software, and kind of grew into a full-blown solution provider. And the funny thing is that we are going full circle because we are going back towards being more a software-driven company as we are talking about artificial intelligence, cloud connectivity, and digitalization. So my specific role is uh, being the general manager taking care about uh, all the general needs of the company, making sure we have the right strategic fit 
um, attending um, like global industry events and making sure the company um, the company is aligned with the global mega trends. And this brings us again back to Indity 4.0, because that's from my perspective the by far most disruptive and innovative field of NDT in the in the latest years. Interesting. So it does seem like the company's come a, come a long way. And, you know, you are right on the cutting edge. What would you say about, you know, your customers? Would you say that they're, they're pretty advanced in digitalization in general? Um, you know, do you find yourself being brought into companies and then having to take a few steps back with them? Or, you know, what do you see in terms of the maturity of your customers? That is all all over the board. So it is. There, there is some industries, like for example, the automotive industry, especially in Europe and in Europe, especially in Germany, which is very, which has a very very high degree of automation. You see, you see, we call these like lights out factories because you could literally switch off the lights and the the factory would continue to work because mm -hmm. there's a lot of robotics, there's a lot of automation involved. And in these environments, our systems are integrated completely into the manufacturing flow, into so-called flow lines. Mm -hmm. And we, are, we have um, a physical connectivity through conveyor systems, robotics, and we have a digital connectivity using uh, like cutting edge interfaces like UPC UA, for example, where, you, where the whole like data flow and data transmission is, is automated. And that's what's called the digital threat that goes mm -hmm. through, um, through a facility. So these guys are very, very automated. And then on the other end, this is mainly in very regulated industries like the aerospace industry or also the defense industry where you have legacy drawings, the legacy inspection requirements. You sometimes have really, really manual processes, paper, yeah. stamps, film, no digital detectors yet. And we are helping those companies to migrate into the digital world and still fulfilling the demanding requirements because that's always the big, I mean, ultimately the target of NDT is to provide safety, to make mm -hmm. sure we do not have any parts that shouldn't pass this quality assurance pass. So that's the, that's the most important thing, the effectiveness of the quality assurance. But at the same time, we also have to look at the, effectivity and and that's where really the digitalization automation really helps companies yeah definitely well really really good insights um let's move on to question number two which technologies do you believe will have the biggest impact on the ndt industry as a whole and and why if you if you would ask me for just one i would say it's ai artificial intelligence mm -hmm. yeah um, especially in radiography because we are interpreting images and AI is just very good at that. It's very good at pattern recognition. It's very good at finding features in image data. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we see this already in the medical industry, which is typically two to three years ahead of the NDT industry. You see AI solutions beating doctors in radiology. You, you see mm -hmm. these big competitions going on where like top-notch best doctors of the world are losing to an like losing because that is 
like in the real world you wouldn't say it that way but in a competition right. you, you can't put it that way right <laughs> and uh, th these people are losing in, in, in like interpretation competitions against mm -hmm. ai you see like for example the chess computers beating humans in ultra complex tasks you start to see self-driving cars and and ai really will transform our industry because it will take away many of the repetitive steps and repetitive work that we do and will replace it through just sheer computational power. Mm -hmm. But the this will not put all of us out of work. Our work is just changing. And that means somebody has to supervise the AIs. Somebody has to train them. Somebody has to qualify them. And that is a complete different skill set as a level two or level three has today. So that is very, very disruptive. And then of course, yeah automation, robotics, cloud connectivity, all that is, has, has their disruptions as well. And, and that's why this, this plethora of technology is also bundled into NDT 4.0, uh, which, in which together is, is ultra disruptive. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the use of, of AI. And I do know that there's some fear in the industry around, you know, one of the things that you, you mentioned, which is, the um, people are afraid that AIs will, will actually replace people, which in some ways they, they will. Like you said, in a lot of cases, people are, quote, losing to AIs. But I, I almost feel like, you know, combining AI with some of the other technologies like automation, robotics, that's super, super powerful in the industry. It, it is. And it's, it, it's not, it, it, you can't stop it. This yeah. technology is there and it will be used. And right. those who use it will use that competitive advantage to either force the others to use it as well or to go out of business. It's the, yeah. just the, how the economy works. So we can't just afford to not use a very helpful new tool, but we have to use it smartly. So we, we need to qualify it very well. We need to train our teams and we need to adapt slowly. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not, and, and this is where I don't like the word disruption because it's not, this way that you just say, okay, from today to tomorrow, I change all my processes, I implement an AI and I cut back my level twos by 50%. That's what, this would be um, a sure disaster. Mm -hmm. And this is not how, how it's, it's more evolution. And we need to make sure we have business continuity, that we still have, that we still can serve our main goal, which is assuring the quality. And yeah. that should, should always be in our mind as we do the transition. It's more a transformation than a radical disruption, and it happens over time. But just to give you an example, we've recently implemented an AI tool at a German aerospace, at a big German aerospace company. And we are, we are, the, this AI is inspecting welding lines. Mm -hmm. And the normal true positive rate of a human uh, called TPR is roughly 85 to 95 in a, at peak percent. And for indications and um, our AI out of the box after being parametrized reached 98.7%, uh, mm -hmm. which is remarkable, especially mm -hmm. if you look over fluctuations over the day. And as soon as you start to generate all that data and analyze the data, it just becomes so apparent what this technology can do. But at the same time, there are a bunch of level threes and level two sitting, uh, sitting on this data and analyzing the data. Their job just changed away from the shop floor 
into the data space and analyzing generated data. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you <clears throat> on the, the idea that this is coming and it's it's not worth trying to to fight against the technology because it's so valuable. And like you said, your 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 study is is one of many that shows how powerful AI can be for the NFT industry. So, you know, you've, you've started to jump into this a little bit, but let's move to question three, which is, what do you believe are the biggest challenges um, to adopt AI and, and other, and other NDT, NDE 4.0 technologies in the NDT industry? Yeah, if you've asked me two months ago, I would have said standardization and standards, mm -hmm. standards, standards. Yeah. But um, as of recently, a new ASTM standard got, got published that's, um, that can be used to statistically qualify AI um, programs to be used for inspection. So there is now a guide. It's not a standard, it's a guide, an ASTM guide, but that's close enough that shows how, how companies, even in aerospace environments, because it's coming out of the aerospace and defense world, can qualify AIs to be used in aerospace. And that's huge. That's, that's the first big step. And as soon as this standard is recognized by the big players in the industry, as they see the cost benefits of using that technology or throughput benefits, this will be adopted very, very quickly. But this leaves us with the second biggest issue and that's a mindset question. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. um, adoption of new technology is never easy this technology is so fundamentally different um, to what has been there before. And especially it is, many inspectors are, the, their pride is the, the, the level of quality of their work and that they are incredibly good at spotting, let's say, welding defects. And then this AI comes along, it's just better. It's a stupid mm -hmm. computer. And and, and that, that is a dent to the self-worth of some people that said, hey, this is, this is my job. This is what I did for 20 years. But what I, my answer to this is our human brain is much more valuable and it can do much, much more than just finding wealth defects every day, all day long. Mm -hmm. We can be the masters of the tools that we created. And, and AI is really a tool that got created and we all read this from time to time that this general AI that will replace humans, that's bollocks, that, that will not gonna happen. But what will happen is that you have very narrow, focused, specialized and powerful AI that we can harness. And as humans, we use those tools. So what we have to do is a shift of mindset in, in, in how we work. And that is being the masters of those tools and putting them to work and making sure they stay in line and they do what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's you know, it's it's almost like there's a there's a psychological component to this change process that's going to be the biggest resistant factor, it seems. And a lot of folks, when they think about digitalization and you know, changing digital transformation, changing their business to adopt technologies, I think people rarely think about the sort of the human factor, the psychological factors, which can be the biggest roadblock that they're going to have. It, it is the biggest roadblock of digital transformation. And I don't talk about AI. I talk about the stuff that you do, process automation, process digitalization, cloud, cloud migration. Mm -hmm. is always the, it's always the human factor 
question. It's about making sure, first of all, everybody understands what we want to achieve. Why are we doing what we are doing? What's the goal here? Why, why do we yeah. even talk about technology? Because AI is cool? No, because AI helps, helps you to improve throughput by 50%. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and then we need to discuss how we're going to do it, how mm-hmm. we're going to change the processes, um, how we're gonna how, how we're gonna manage uh, to address problems, how how we will address people being threatened, being scared maybe by technology, or just feeling incompetent in the beginning because it's something mm-hmm. new. And and then we have to implement. And the what comes? What are we doing to actually address that? And we need communication, communication. And if a manager wants to implement these technologies, it's very it's crucial to to communicate early and communicate good. And yeah the technology is easily solved i mean you just contract people like you or me or others that implement these technologies they are there but the big challenge for the companies is to implement them and make sure all employees understand it and follow it yeah and and like you said it basically changes the 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 whole um work you know from our from my perspective it really changes how a business operates and people have to get used to that and embrace it um, versus sort of that, that fight, that fight against it. Um, So, you know, knowing that there's quite a bit of resistance for, for a variety of reasons for, for question number four today, what do you think will trigger the tides changing towards more greater acceptance of these new technologies? So, so when do you sort of see that tide changing to the point where it's obvious that there's no turning back. For digitalization in our industry, I think that point has been already reached. Wherever, mm-hmm. wherever it is allowed to digitalize, people digitalize. And that's the migration from, like, digi- from analog film to digital detectors. And that is the pure digitalization step, but that's just the first foundation layer for all the NDT 4.0 steps. This is kind of like the NDT 3.0 step and the NDT 4.0 step is that really builds on it and like utilizing the data um, um, using AI or or driving automated processes using robotics and I would say that is happening and a big driver of that is is the COVID-19 pandemic Mm -hmm. before especially in aerospace there has been still a lot of resistance for these technologies and we were, we were for, for example, we were propagating a concept since probably two years, we call inspect from home. That means all your systems and all your review stations are connected through a cloud. And this can be a private cloud inside the company. It doesn't have to be online on Amazon or something, but it can be completely private. And inspectors can log in from wherever and, and, and evaluate the images. We've got so much pushback on that. Hmm. And then this virus comes along and suddenly customers call us, say, we need our people to work from home now because we are not yeah. allowed to enter the facility. And we're like, wow, that's a 180. <laughs> um, two months ago, you said this will never happen. And now it does. And many mm-hmm. people are not switching back. And so what we feel is that COVID is a real, real digital accelerator. And we kind of, we kind of won four years. That, that would have, it would have taken probably four years what has happened in one year. Yeah. And with all this new adoption, people see, oh, it's not that bad. It, it wasn't that hard. It actually worked. And people get a little bit more curious and a little bit more excited to try something new. And that's what we see. 
So I, mm -hmm. I definitely see a lot of traction and a lot of movement on many of those technology fields. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's really interesting how people don't think that they can they can you know, they, they can make a change like this and then when they're forced to do it it's amazing um not only to see what they can accomplish when they thought that they couldn't with when they thought they couldn't but then like you said it, it starts to change people's perceptions on you know what's possible and the amazing thing is how quickly it all happens you know and we've got some similar stories where we've talked with folks that were literally inspection companies that were literally shut down during the pandemic because they didn't have any digital tools and they literally could not work remotely. And then there were some that had started putting putting um, some capabilities in place and they were much less affected by the pandemic. So it's kind of funny to think about how the pandemic has affected our businesses and our industry like it has and sort of accelerated it. So there's really, that's a good story you know, one of the good stories around sort of this, you know, the, the negative thing of the pandemic certainly has has its good points, as we've seen. Um, yeah, that's true. There's yeah. where, where there's light, there's shadow and where there's shadow, there's light. And um, there were definitely uh, good aspects um, among the many bad aspects, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do think that that as we move forward, you know, there are continue, going to continue to be some, some roadblocks that stand in the way. What do you see um, in terms of, of roadblocks that we might stumble over as we try to adopt these technologies going forward? Yeah, um, I, I don't see so many technical roadblocks, at least in our industry, because it, this stuff is really, really coming together, um, okay. as, as far as I can say. But what what is and this i think we also had in our discussion panel discussion on the asnt conference there's a lot of over promising um, there's a lot of misuse of buzzwords there's a lot of expectation around and there's also a lot of people misrepresenting the technology either for promotion or because they don't know what they talk about yeah. and that is very dangerous because um you know, you know the, the hype cycle, right? And mm -hmm. and many many of these buzzwords really get overhyped and blown out of proportion. Everybody goes crazy, and then comes the the, the valley of tears. You crash, and you and everybody says, "Okay, I stop all investments." Management was exciting, and then no cost savings come, and then they stop the program. But it's more healthy if we just have a realistic very realistic view of what can be achieved, what we can do and what, and also what we cannot, what are the mm -hmm. limitations and just be honest about it. And that unfortunately I miss, especially with some solution providers on the market. That's just, oh, AI is, AI is coming. It will solve everything. No, it won't. <laughs> it it mm -hmm. just won't, um, but it will help you in these areas, but it probably won't help you in those. Yeah. And so that is one of the speed bumps I might see coming because NDT 4.0 is just, it, it just went big so quick and suddenly everybody talked about it, but yeah. not everything was really NDT 4.0. Something was just marketing labeled things that we've do, that everybody has been doing for 10 years. And that's just taking away the credibility of the movement. Right. And and, you know, even though AI, you know, you were talking about the, um, you know, the, the, the rates or the, the percentage of, of um, 
positive you know, detection and your AI might be at 97% and your, your person might be at, let's say 92%. So obviously the AI is better, but it's, it's, I feel like there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a bias in that if an AI makes an error, like one single error, that could be like, that's going to be a really big deal, right? Oh, gosh, the AI made a mistake. Whereas people make mistakes all the time. And if you say, okay, this person hit 92%, you know, positive or correct, that's a great thing. But if an AI makes one mistake out of a hundred, then I, I feel like there's this bias towards, you know, kind of over exaggerating that quote failure. It's, it's a very good point. I'm not a big Tesla fan or something, but it's mm -hmm. always, you know, this autopilot and there's one crash or there's one person being hit by a self-driving car. That's a tragedy, sure. But right. you have, I don't know how many car crashes a day and nobody talks about it. And you're absolutely right. It's just the newness of technology that's, that's it's, it's, it's in the spotlight. And, yeah. but you, you need to measure it by the same rules and KPIs as you do with normal processes. And that's what the new guide, for example, that the ASTM developed does. They are actually doing double blind studies and comparing operators to AI and nobody knows who is who and, and uh, actually applying the same math and the same statistics to whoever made the decision because ultimately it doesn't ma matter where the decision comes from. And that's how we have to see it. We have to take the emotions out. But, but this is unfortunately, if, if, if people are hesitant, if they are afraid, that's when the emotions come in and that's when, oh, there, it made a mistake. Yeah, it doesn't work. I told you so. Like, right, right. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So it inter it's going to be very interesting as this unfolds over the years. Um, but I, I, it's really interesting to hear all the different studies and, and how we might move forward in a, in a positive way that's maybe a little bit not quite as hyped up as, as we think it might be. Um, so let's move on to our final question today, which is, you know, for those people and organizations that are interested in, um, you know, moving forward with AI or some advanced uh, NDE 4.0 technologies, how can, you know, what do you recommend in terms of people that want to start their journey? Well, don't underestimate the journey, first of all. It's mm -hmm. not like I buy an AI and I use it. No, you have to train the AI. You have to adapt the AI to your parts. You have to You have to um, implement your quality requirements. Um, there might be some fine tuning necessary. Also, and I don't say this because we are a solution provider, you can go to anybody else, but don't try it on your own. It, it absolutely is a very, very long progress. And it took us many, many projects until we got to a like model that, that really does the job. And we trained thousands of images um, into this AI. And that's also the biggest issue with AI, it needs a lot of data. It not, not, it, this is why it's called big data. You need a lot of labeled data and that's very time consuming. And we have a team of, I think, eight people who are doing nothing different than labeling indications and training the models, optimizing the models and making sure the AI is improving. And the more data you have, the better the network gets. And that's also why you will not see, nobody would come what would get the idea to to create a new Google 
because it is pointless because there is so much data in their search engine that it doesn't make sense to build another one. It, it just would, you would not beat the performance. It would take way, way, way too long. And it's the same with AI. If you would start to build your own AI from scratch, well, hire 10 or 15 people and do this for two or three years and you might have a good solution. Mm -hmm. but, but this is typically not the case. So my, my suggestion is reach out to people that are doing this already and, and talk to them. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying this as self-marketing, but reach out to anybody. And there's a couple of solution providers in that field. And they will, they will show you the journey towards, towards an AI system. So what do you think about companies collaborating with their data? That's something I've touched on a little bit with some of the other guests we've had on this podcast. But I feel like there's resistance um, that companies are very protective of their data. And I feel like there is a really, really good, you know, potential for, for um, you know, sort of, sort of amazing um, benefit that can be gained by companies that are willing to sort of pool their data together. What do you think about that? Do you have any experience in working with your customers about, you know, kind of sharing their data for the common good in order to sort of train AI and, you know, be part of maybe a, a, a global solution? The interesting, I, I hear this a lot and I did not experience it. So first of okay. all, it's not like you have to share your data. It's data is being labeled and it's being used as input for a model. And then it goes away. That, there is no re residue of that data in your model. It's not like you would open that AI and look at all the data of other companies. It's literally gone because mm -hmm. what, 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 what is done is the neuronal structure like in our brain formed by what the AI saw. It's like a kid learning in, a new language mm -hmm. and, and the synapses in, in, in its head are, are wiring and then the, 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 the book is gone but you can read whatever other, um, other text in that language you can see. And the same with AI. So the models are trained and, 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 and get smarter by it. So it's, it's not really a question of data sharing here because that data is a disposable one-time thing that has to be shown to the AI to, to get better. So mm -hmm. I don't think we will... From my, I mean, at least with our customers, we don't have that discussion a lot because we can guarantee every customer, nobody else sees your data. Mm -hmm. but, right, okay. But then the question we ask is, do you want to benefit from other data the AI has seen? If the question, if the answer is yes, others will also benefit from the data that the AI has seen from you. Right. So right. we give our customers a choice. Interesting. And, and, and if they say no, I don't want that, that means it gets a lot more costly because then we will have to start from scratch for that company. Well, not 100% from scratch, but we'll have to start with a much, much bigger data set and costs triple, quadruple. And this is how we really, at one point, AI, AI decisions will become very, very cheap. If every company develops or gets developed their AI on their own, this is, uh, we talk about probably 200, 300,000 euro of investments for each company. But at, from, from the point on, we have developed a model that has been fine-tuned so many times. We are talking about 
about cents per per decision only because because the ai can be adapted to whatever image they see at one point mm-hmm. it's like you don't train your brain to read just one piece of paper but you learn the language and read whatever you want and that's right. the that's what we have to achieve to bring down the costs of decision and to reach a real level of effectiveness in artificial intelligence in our industry. Yeah, really, really interesting. Well, um, this was an amazing discussion today. Do you have any last thoughts before we um, before we close today? No, you had some great questions. You <laughs> you <laughs> you kind of uh, facilitated all all my important points. Um, no, I, I think the most important is to all the listeners, be realistic about what the technology can do. Don't overhype it, uh, but also be open and um, don't be afraid of it, but also be realistic and be respectful because this, the, the things that are coming will change our industry. Yes, they, they will render some jobs obsolete. They will change the structure of how things are done. And that will happen, whether we like it or not. Uh, it, it is just inevitable, it will come. The only thing that we can do is be proactive and react before it happens to us and be the, be the people that, that's, that steer the change and be, the, be the, the people that use the tools and not be the ones um, yeah, go, going in collision with them. <laughs> yes, great points. Thank you so much, Leonard, for being here today and bringing us such great insights. I really look forward to the interesting advancements that Visi Consult will bring to the NDT industry and other organizations as well. Um, I encourage our listeners to follow Lenart and Visi Consult. You can find links on our podcast webpage. And if any of our listeners have feedback or would like to nominate an individual or an organization to be a guest on a future episode, please send a message to one of us here through the contact us form on our website www.floodlightsoft.com. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time. Thank you. To learn more about NDE 4.0, Emerging Technologies and Digital Transformation, please visit www.floodlightsoft.com for additional resources, including our blog and several relevant white papers. If you have any questions about today's episode or suggestions for future episodes, please send an email to info at floodlightsoft.com. Thank you so much.